0: Last time we saw the warning not to be partakers with the sons of disobedience. If we partake with them in their sins, we can certainly expect that we would partake with them in the judgment that comes upon them. We come now to verse 8, and the apostle picks up. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Please pray with me. Our Father, we seek your will. We seek instruction and wisdom and knowledge from you. Grant to us, Lord, your Holy Spirit. Bless your word. Soften our hearts. We ask, Lord, for ears to hear and hearts to obey. Give us that grace, please, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. So in this passage, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 10, the apostle says, You are light, and because you are light, he commands that you must walk as children of light. And we will unpack that in four points. I'm going to steal from Pastor Heipel this evening and have four points. We will see a contrast in verse 9. Excuse me, in verse 8. A command at the second half of verse 8. Followed by an explanation in verse 10. And some instruction and in verse... Yeah, did I say... Uh, I'm so sorry, y'all. An explanation in verse 9. And instruction in verse 10. Now, first we come to a contrast. The apostle says that you were once darkness, but now are light. There's a contrast between light and darkness. You see, God has separated you, Christian, from the rest of the world. And he does so here by contrasting you with darkness and calling you light. You were once darkness, but now you are light. I want you to hear these words from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. You know the story well. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So evening and morning were the first day. Here in Ephesians chapter 5, we're seeing a similar separation. Just as God divided the day into two parts. He he took the light and made it day, and he took the darkness and made it light. So, too, God is saying in this passage, Christian, I have made you light. I have separated you from the darkness. So, at creation, God separated darkness from light, and at recreation, God once again separated light from darkness. Now, in this contrast, you have two parts. You have the darkness and the light. And darkness in Scripture, as you may be judged from the passages that we read, stands for ignorance, sin, and misery. Darkness in Scriptures, it can stand for a number of things, but we can summarize it under those headings. Ignorance, not being able to see, right? Darkness makes it so that we don't know where we are going. And sin. Sin is characterized by darkness, doing deeds of darkness. And then, of course, the accompanying misery. We are miserable because we don't know God and because we sin against him and we are under his judgments. So darkness then stands for sin and misery. And these are, this is mentioned in a lot of places in Scripture. I just want to read to you two passages. The first is from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. This is a passage that's cited in Matthew chapter 4 about the coming of Christ. And it says, the people who walked in darkness, referring to the Gentiles, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. And this passage is talking about the first advent of Christ and how he came and brought light into a darkened world. And one more in John chapter 3, verse 19. The Lord Jesus says, and this is the condemnation. That the light, that is him, has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. So you see, darkness then here stands for the, the, the mass of humanity who are stuck in ignorance of God, stuck sinning against God, and stuck in the misery of being ignorant of God and sinning against him. Light, on the other hand, stands then for knowledge, right, knowledge of God, true knowledge of God, righteousness, that is, doing his will, and, of course, the joy of everlasting life, of being forgiven and having fellowship with God. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, the Apostle Paul tells us that he was sent to the Gentiles to, quote, open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Christ. So you see, the apostle went to preach the gospel to the Gentiles in order that their eyes could be opened. And when that happened, they were transformed. They were taken from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, from guilty sinners to forgiven, from condemned to having an inheritance. And what we are reading here, beloved, is that you, believer in Christ, that is what God has done for you. Notice, however, that Paul here in verse 8 does not merely say that you are in the light, right? It would be enough if he were to say you are in the light, not in the darkness. No, indeed, he says you are light in the Lord. How can this be? Well, Jesus said in John chapter chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see if you believe in Jesus, who is the light of the world, if you believe in him, then you have the light of life. And that light of life in you from Jesus makes you light. You are light in a derivative sense. Consider the moon, for example. We know the moon is called a lesser light and we see that the moon illuminates the night. But the moon does not produce its own light, does it? The light which comes from the moon is really the light which comes from the sun. So too it is with the people of God. We have the light of Christ shining upon us, and as we reflect it, we too are light. You, beloved believer in Christ, you are light. We need to praise the Lord for his mercy upon us and making us light. Whether you were converted as an infant or as an old man or somewhere in between, understand that apart from God's sovereign grace, you would be in darkness and darkness along with the rest of the world. Your hearts would be darkened. You would be ignorant to God. You would be sinning without the ability to fix yourself, and you would be subject to eternal misery. But as it is, you are light. Do you hear me, beloved? You are light. God has made you light. He has declared it. Just as when he said, let there be light and called it good, so too with you, believer in Christ, God has made light and calls it good. Therefore, let us praise and honor the Father of lights. So that is the contrast between darkness and light. We see now a command in the second half of verse 8. Walk as children of light. Now you know that in scripture that the word walk oftentimes is a metaphor for our conduct, our behavior, our manner of life. And so too it is in the book of Ephesians. It refers to our habitual conduct, the way in which we go throughout our day. The word walk uh, appears several times in the book of Ephesians. In chapter 2, verse 10, we read, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we might walk in them. Do you see the, the connection between walking and behavior, right? God prepared good works for those who are created in Christ Jesus that we might walk in them. Which is to say, we perform them. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, the apostle told us, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Okay, so we're, we're given this grand calling. Remember, we, we are the temple of God. We are the saints of God. We are co-heirs along with God's people Israel. We have this, this magnificent calling. And how do we walk worthy of that calling? It continues. With all lowliness in gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I want you to see then the connection between walking and then those virtues, those practices, things like long-suffering and bearing with one another and keeping the unity of the Spirit. As well, we find in chapter 4, verse 17, we are told, No longer walk, as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And he goes on to explain their sinfulness, their fallen conditions. So to see the walk here of the Gentiles, the rest of the Gentiles, the unconverted, the pagan, it is a walk that is characterized by sinfulness and opposition to God. In chapter 5, verse 2, we read, walk in love. And then here's what walking in love looks like. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So walking in love means giving ourselves for the sake of others in order to please God. So you see, walking then has to do with our conduct. One more, and we'll come to this passage, Lord willing, in a short time, but... Ephesians 5, 6, 5, 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectively. Circumspectively means wisely. See that you walk wisely. In fact, it's circumspectly, not circumspectively. I added it up. But it's walk wisely, walk with wisdom. Not as fools, but as wise. And how do we do this? Verse 16 Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The way to walk wisely is to walk redeeming the time, making the best use of the very short days that you have. All of this I read to you, beloved, just to give you the the impression, just to solidify it for us, that when we are told to walk as children of light, it is talking about our conduct, our thoughts, our words, our actions, our day-to-day lives. Now, we are called here children of light and we are called children of light because God is light. In 1 John 1, 1.5, we know that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. But you, believer, are children of God. Therefore, you are children of light. You must walk as children of light because... You are light. Do you see how this is connected to what we saw previously? First, God says we are light, and then he tells us, now walk as light. You are not darkness. Therefore, you must not walk as darkness or children of darkness, but as children of light. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 5 said this, you are the light of the world. You know, oftentimes I hear this passage quoted and people say, we're called to be salt and light. Not exactly. We are called salt and light. Do you see the difference? Jesus says, you, you are the light of the world. He's not saying be the light of the world. No, that's not optional for you. You are the light of the world. Jesus said so. You are the light of the world. And he continues, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Light shining is good works. Do you see this? light-shining good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. Beloved, you have been remade in the image of God by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you must reflect God's image by doing good works, by doing light, so that people can see it and glorify your Father in heaven. And this is what it means to walk as children of light. Before we move on, I just want to point out two things at the end of verse 8 here. And the first is the importance of keeping verse 8 together. Right? In the first half of verse 8, we read how we are no longer darkness but light. And the second half says, walk as children of light. Both of these things must be maintained by the Christian. And they must come in that order. In other words, you do not walk in light in order to become light. No, God first makes you light, and then you walk as children of light. However, equally true, walking as children of light necessarily follows being light. You cannot have one without the other. Jesus said, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So if Jesus is the light of the world and you doing his will are his relative, that is how you walk as children of light. So just to keep it straight, we are first made light by God. And then having been made light, we walk as children of light. We come now to verse 9. Verse 9 is an important verse because it explains what came before it. It's an explanation. You see, it starts with for. Now, the word for, the conjunction, can actually be used to give a reason, right? Like, clean your room, for it's messy. But it can also be used to give an explanation. And in this case, it's used to, give, to explain, to shed more light, as it were, on walking as children of light. And it explains both the content of walking as children of light, and the process of it. So, the content. What does light look like? What does it look like to walk as children of light? Well, it consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Okay, That's what it looks like to walk as a child of light. Now, goodness has two basic qualities. It's, first of all, moral excellence. God is good and the source of all goodness because he is morally excellent. He has no faults, no sin. But it also has, so you can be good in the sense of being upright and pure, but goodness also carries with it the sense of generosity or beneficence. And God is good in that sense too, isn't he? He is kind, he is good, he is generous even to his enemies. So, in the first case, you have moral excellence, being good in the sense of being upright or pure. And in the second, you have good by doing good in the sense of being kind. We should note that the word goodness here is contrasted with all malice. Back in chapter 4, verse 31, remember, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Remember, malice is a, a, an umbrella word for evil, and it modifies all those other words. It's, it characterizes all of them. So all goodness here is contrary to all of that malice, all of that wickedness, all of that evil that was mentioned back in chapter 4. So the content of the walk is all goodness. Secondly, all righteousness. Righteousness, of course, means just. Conforming to the standard of the law, which is to say conforming to the standard of God and his character because the law is but a reflection of God's own righteous character. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul says, the law is holy and the commandment holy and righteous and good. Right, the word righteous is the same word that appears here. So all righteousness, we can contrast Righteousness with unrighteousness and wickedness and sin, and all the sins that the apostle mentioned in the previous thing, the the activities of the sons of disobedience, right? Disobedience is characterized as unrighteousness. But contrary to that is obedience, which is characterized as righteousness. Now, the third quality of this walk is truth, all truth. Truth, of course, refers to reality, what's genuine, sincere, It's opposed to what is false, to trickery, to deception. Let no one deceive you, for the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience for such things. It's opposed, so truth then opposes all of those things which the Apostle warned us against in the previous section. Here are some instances of the way the Apostle uses truth in Ephesians. The gospel by which we are saved is called the word of truth. It's the message that corresponds to what really is. It is the message of our salvation. It is the message of reality. And it is opposed to all falsehood. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21, we read that the truth is in Jesus. So not only is Jesus himself characterized by truth, but those who are in Jesus, those who believe in him, those who are united to him by faith now have access to that truth. What is his becomes ours, just as what was ours became his, right? Our sins became his, and he died on the cross. Well, in this instance, his truth becomes ours because we are united to him by faith. In Ephesians 4.24, we read, Put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness And holiness. And we talked before about in this instance when you have righteousness and holiness set together, they stand for our conduct towards God, or conduct towards man and our conduct towards God, right? Holiness is our conduct towards God, and righteousness, our conduct before man. Or if you think of this morning's sermon, the first four commandments and the second six commandments are holiness and righteousness. But notice it's true righteousness. Holiness. You see, this is opposed to pretend or false. You know, there is a counterfeit righteousness and holiness. There are many counterfeits. Every every society, every religion, every system of thinking has a standard of righteousness and holiness. But only the gospel offers the true standard. One more instance of truth to consider in Ephesians. The apostle says, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. In Ephesians four twenty five. So you see, truth is characteristic of children walking in the light. To walk in the light means to speak the truth with one another because walking in the light consists in all truth. So that's the content. The content is goodness, righteousness, and truth. What does the walk look like? It looks like goodness. It looks like righteousness. It looks like truth. Now let's consider the process. We see the process here in verse 9. Goodness, righteousness, and truth are in fact fruits that proceed from the Holy Spirit. This is is helpful because it tells us how is it possible that we can walk as children of light? Well, the apostle is telling us how. These are fruits of the Holy Spirit. Now, some translations may say fruits of light, for the fruits of light are all goodness, righteousness, and truth. My translation reads spirit. We don't need to spend a lot of time on this. It's the same either way. If, If it's... The fruits of light, it is referring to those fruits which happen to us when we are enlightened. And that enlightenment comes by the Spirit. Or if, as I think is the case, it is the Spirit, these are the fruits of the Spirit. But in either way, it's the same because it is only the Holy Spirit who can provide those gifts to us, those fruits. So... Whether light or spirit, understand that the agent, the one who is working, is God the Holy Spirit. He is the one who sheds the light of Christ in our hearts. He is the one who enlightens us, the one who regenerates us and applies to us and and gives rise to fruit in us. So there's a process. The process is likened to that of fruit proceeding from a plant. Consider what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's the process being described here. Do you see that? To walk in the light means to walk in those good works which the Spirit is producing in us. The Spirit prepares them ahead of time, and we walk in them. You see, God the Father creates us in Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit produces good works in us. And we bring forth those good works, which are goodness, righteousness, and truth. And that is what it means to walk as children of light. Now, for a moment, I want to think about God's responsibility and our responsibility. God is the one who makes us light. God is the one who produces the fruit in us, the the fruits of goodness, righteousness, and truth. But God commands us to walk as children of light. That means that we have the responsibility of endeavoring, of striving, of walking, of working, of doing good. We must do goodness. We must do righteousness. We must do the truth. We don't do that by our power, but the command is not issued to the Holy Spirit. Right? He does his part. He produces these fruits in us, and it is our responsibility then to bring forth those fruits and to walk in them. So that is the explanation in verse 9. we come now to verse 10, and we see instruction. How then do we walk as children of light? By what means do we do this? And we can say, by finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, in verse 10. The participle, finding out, goes back up to the verb, to the command, walk as children of light. So you can read it this way. Walk as children of light, parenthetical statement comes in, right? Verse 9, walk as children of light by finding out what is acceptable to God. How do we walk as children of light? How do I bear that fruit that the Spirit is producing in me? By finding out what is acceptable to God. So, find, the word that we translate as finding out is used for testing, approving. Like, like a, yeah. a refiner tests gold, or it shows up a, a multiple times in Scripture. I'm just going to read you two passages. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove—that's our word for finding— what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So the the word finding here or prove has the, the notion of testing something in order to approve of it. Okay, so we're to we're to be finding out what it is that's pleasing to God. We're to be testing things to see whether they are to be approved, whether they are genuine. So as things as decisions come our way, as as courses of action, as thoughts, as words, we are to test, and look, and see, and then approve what God approves, what is pleasing to him. In 1 Thessalonians 5.21, we read, test all things, that's our verb finding out, hold fast what is good, and that's essentially what we're reading here in Ephesians 5.10. We are to test things. And hold fast to what is good. We're to seek, we're to look for what pleases God. And when we find things that please God, we hold fast to them. That will be our direction. That will be the course of our walking. So it's diligently seeking and approving what God has revealed to be his will. The walk as children of light approves What is God's will by performing it? Maybe think of it this way. Suppose you were given the task of walking through a minefield, but you were given a map that chartered the safe course through it. And if you follow the map, you will make your way safely through it. And with each step, you prove the truthfulness of that map. So too, when you follow God's revealed will... You prove it to be true. And you show your approval of it as you walk in it. You are proving the truth of God's word and receiving the benefits of obeying it even as you obey it. And it, it is very much sometimes like that, isn't it? Just little steps at a time. Check the map again. Little steps at a time. But we are to be diligently as best as we can seeking to find out what it is that pleases God before we look at what is acceptable to the Lord I want you to hear 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 so how do we know what it is that we should be holding fast to well Paul, Paul says in 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 all scripture Is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you want to know what are good works? It's in the scriptures. Do you want to be complete? It's in the scriptures. Do you want instruction for righteousness? It's in the scriptures. Do you sometimes need reproof or correction or instruction? It's in the scriptures. You see, the, the way, the, the direction, the course that we are walking is laid out for us by God in his word. All right, so we're supposed to be seeking, then, what is acceptable to the Lord at the end of verse 10. What is a children, excuse me, What is acceptable to the Lord? Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. The word acceptable is other times translated as pleasing, what pleases God. So the walking as children of light means we walk, we behave in such a way that our ultimate priority, our main consideration, is whether this step pleases God or no. That is our main concern in life. Is this pleasing to God? In fact, this, this verb is translated as pleasing in Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Do you see that? So even children, even you children, are to be seeking to please the Lord in your walk. So we are to regulate our conduct according to what pleases God. He is the ultimate and perfect standard of what is good and evil, what is righteous or unrighteous, what is true or false. The Lord Jesus demonstrated this perfectly for us. We saw him always walking in obedience to the Father, seeking to please him, seeking to follow his will. In fact, in one instance, Jesus even said, not my will be done, but yours. And did not the Lord Jesus teach us in the Lord's prayer to pray for God's will to be done? Do you see, Jesus, the perfect man, our mediator, he sought above all else to please God. And that is what it is for us. To walk as children of light. So, along these lines, let's ask ourselves two questions. In our walk, in our conduct, in our thinking, in our speaking, in our associations, in whatever it is, our, our doings and happenings, our comings and goings, whose directions are we following? Whose directions are we following? We are following somebody's tune, aren't we? It might be our own. It might be someone else's. But what we have to ask is, whose directions am I following? Am I concerned that these are God's directions before I'm doing these kinds of things? Or when I'm having temptations, what kind of instruction am I accepting? Am I listening to the devil? Am I listening to the world? Am I listening to my own flesh? Or am I listening to God, seeking to find out what is acceptable to him? And then the second question is, whose approval am I seeking? We're all seeking approval. We we all seek to be approved by others. And it's not always wrong. You know, uh, children, your parents should approve of you. Your uh, workers, your, your boss should approve of the work that you're doing. We should approve of one another But as it comes to making our decisions, as it comes to our walk, whose approval are we seeking? There is really only one opinion, one approval that matters, beloved, in this sense, and that is the Lord's approval. We are to seek His approval. He is the one who has made you light, He is the one who commands you to walk in the light by bringing forth the fruits of the Spirit, which are all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So let us walk as children of light by seeking to do what pleases him. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you have made us light, that you yourself are light. O God, we need more light, that you would enlighten us by your Spirit, that you would fan the flames in our hearts, that we would continually and diligently seek what pleases you. Father, we have so many distractions, so many competing concerns, and so many people telling us what to do, but one thing is necessary. We want to know what you want. Please reveal that to us and help us to walk in it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.